Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we chat with Doug Brown to preview the Edmonton Elks versus Winnipeg Blue Bomber game Thursday night. And the Women's World Cup also begins Thursday night with Canada taking on Nigeria at 9.30 p.m. our time. Amy Anderson, the coach of the Westman women's soccer team, joins us to preview the action on the podcast. Mr. Doug Brown, color commentator on CJOB, who will be in the booth uh, tomorrow night with Derek Taylor. And Doug, when you were playing and you were taking on a winless team, did you treat them any differently than a team that was maybe a little higher in the standings? No, you know, those teams are really scary just because of the the desperation, right? Especially uh, relatively, I know the, a third of the season is over, but um, there's still hope for them, right? They're, they have not uh, signed their fate as a uh, as a team that, you know, is not going to have any sort of respectable record. So they're still trying to figure it out. And uh, that first win, you know, until any team gets that first win, that's when they're uh, at their most dangerous. So it's a, it's a difficult situation because I mean, they're already at this professional level. You get guys that that play quite hard uh, when they're winless and their life is absolutely miserable in uh, in their hometown and during practice every day and their scrutiny from their coaches. Uh, you can magnify that by a factor of ten. So the the effort and the try hard factor goes through the roof when you have a desperate winless football team that you're facing. So it can be really tricky, um, especially if they get any momentum going because they're just starving for it. Well, especially an Edmonton team that it's not just this year, right? They were bad last yeah. year, bad the year before. We all know about the 20 game home losing streak. This is a road game, but still they haven't won a lot of road games either over the course of the last few years. So what do you see from Edmonton this year that could pose a challenge to Winnipeg if you can find something? Well, you know, um, Taylor Cornelius is capable of putting together, that's their starting quarterback, in case you haven't heard of him. A lot of people have. <laughs> but uh, that was for your audience, not you. I know you, you know him, Christian. But he's capable of putting, you know, stringing together a couple good quarters, you know, sometimes maybe a good half. He's just been self-destructive in key critical moments. So, you know, he's one of those guys that uh, snatches defeat uh, from the jaws of victory. And uh, he tends to, uh, I, I think the, the mode he's in, the mentality he's in right now, he's trying to overdo it. He's trying to make plays where they don't exist. He's, he's overextending things. He's putting the ball, taking chances with the football that aren't paying off. So um, I think if they can tell him to play within himself, um, he can be, uh, I think, a competent quarterback uh, we know the Bombers have trouble uh, with running quarterbacks. We saw that. We've seen that a couple times this year. They're two losses. Um, you know, late in games, they can get awfully worn down chasing these guys around. So he's quite mobile. He's a, he's a big guy. And we've seen him put uh, together spurts of good football. So um, if somehow Chris Jones and, and his coaching staff can uh, hit the magic elixir and, and press the right button to uh, – to get him to play within, you know, what the defense is offering him and, and to not press as much as uh, he has of late. If he learns from his mistakes, he could be uh, a competitive quarterback out there tomorrow night. Could be, but could be. I, I don't know. I, I know Derek Taylor's out on Taylor Cornelius. He's a very inaccurate he passer. He's got the big arm. He's, he can run it, but 
Yeah. At, at some point, you wonder about the runway. I know they've signed him to a, a fairly large contract that can't really get out of. So to some degree, there's a sunk cost thing there. But I think fans in Edmonton are wondering what Trey Ford has to do to maybe get in a football game here. Do you think the leash should be pretty short for Cornelius? Yeah, I mean, it has been all season, right? They've uh, they've been playing musical chairs. That's probably part of the problem as well. They've been playing musical chairs with their quarterback. So uh, all those guys are looking over their shoulders, just wondering when they're going to get the the hook and uh, next man up mentality, which isn't great for those delicate minded quarterbacks. They don't, they don't thrive well in those kind of conditions when they, uh, you know, hear someone breathing down their neck. So, yeah, I mean, he's had a short leash all year. I expect uh, more of this. We could see three quarterbacks, uh, different ones uh, tomorrow night. And hopefully we do. Cause then that means things are not going well for the Elks. All right, let's talk about the Blue Bombers now and uh, the fact that Kenny Lawler is back with the team finally. How do you think this changes things for the offense that to the start of the season looked fantastic, but admittedly the last couple weeks hasn't been quite as potent? Yeah, I mean, uh, whenever you add a, a player of that caliber to your roster, it raises the play of everybody uh, around them. It, it reminds me of when Jerron Bolden, uh, would come back from an NFL stint or something and be added to our defense. We all just felt the lift, you know, that you, you get that, I don't want to say swagger, but you get, you get a level of confidence uh, when you add a player of, uh, you know, that has a track record that he does. So, you know, I'm not expecting great things from him. It's his first game in, in months. We're already a third of the way through the CFL season, and he's going to be thrown into a game with, what, two practices with the team? Uh, for quite some time so I'm not expecting him necessarily to light to light it up I mean he's very capable of course but I think the offense uh, you know uh, not only will they be highly motivated because of what happened last week but you know he's going to raise the bar for for all the weaponry that they have every single one of those receivers is going to want to play you know at the same level or higher uh, than what Kenny Lawler is going to bring to the table a very competitive bunch and and that's what happens when you add good players to a roster and a position group everyone's play elevates uh, when you push them with very talented players like Kenny Lawler is and I know the Blue Bombers like to run the ball and they didn't do a great job of it last week they did try a lot of you know shorter passes that you know kind of work as runs but you look at the weapons they have on offense they don't really need to run the football right (laughs) well you know, I'm a big, big believer, big uh, advocate of being multidimensional on offense, uh, mainly because, you know, I played against offenses for 15 years and I absolutely loved it when they would just throw the ball. When I didn't have to play the run, I have to worry about my run responsibility whatsoever. They weren't keeping me honest. I could just pass rush every down and not worry about being cut off, being blocked on my gap, getting walled, getting pushed back or anything like that. Uh, let me tell you, a, a, a multi-dimensional offense is much harder to defend than one that is just going to throw every down, right? Especially for you guys up front. And, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of talented front force in the CFL. So um, especially with an offensive line that, that has been struggling, you know, at times this year, I'm not saying they're, they're still not, I, I think they're still a very capable group, but they have had more moments than we've previously seen terms of where uh, guys have been able to get after them so it's very helpful for everything it keeps it gives Zach more time uh, he gets hit less 
Uh, the guys up front are happier. And then, uh, you know, you, you're able to uh, take advantage of your weaponry in terms of the running backs like, like Brady and, uh, and McCray, you know, adding that different dimension. Plus it adds, you know, Winnipeg football needs to have that element of physicality. You know, they, it's just what Winnipeg's known for. It's pounding. It's the ground and pound. It's running the rock. It's running physical, playing very physical football. You don't get physical football without a ground game. The passing games are all finesse and timing and rhythm and uh, fancy pants. And uh, Winnipeg uh, football, salt of the earth, you know, just run, run through their faces, I believe, is what uh, Marshawn Lynch once said. Well, the way I think it works for this team generally is they get up and then they can run the ball in the fourth when they're up. And that didn't really happen in Ottawa. But yeah. I would think that it'll happen tomorrow night. I would think that because, again, on paper, you look at the match and we think, all right, Winnipeg's going to be up by 20-something or maybe more in the fourth, and they can just ground and pound. And the offensive line takes over, and Brady Oliveira finishes with 130 yards rushing, and the fourth quarter disappears like it did a few weeks ago uh, in the in the Stamps game. But, I mean, that should happen. doesn't mean it will happen, right? <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's been a successful formula for them for sure. Definitely. I mean, I think they're a better team. You know, it, it's a lot easier to run in the fourth than it is necessarily in the first when uh, everybody's fresh and the rotation is is, is thriving and uh, you haven't been exposed on the football field for you know forty or fifty snaps already. So it is much easier to run the fourth and, and they've done that very well. But I think, uh, you know, establishing, getting some traction, you don't have to rush for a hundred yards by halftime, but uh, getting some traction uh, in the first half just really benefits your play action ability, right? It just freezes the defense and the linebackers in that, in that second level for just that hesitation that, that, you know, that's all you need to get guys open and to get some space in your passing game. So, and uh, it's uh, nobody's better with, with play action pass in the CFL than, than Zach Claris, especially when he rolls out after, uh, after he fakes a handoff. Couple questions that I want to get your input on as a former player, the bombers this week, they played on Saturday. They had a practice yesterday, a walkthrough today, and then the game tomorrow, short week, not a lot of prep time. Does that really matter? Uh, well, for week seven, uh, not so much. You know, it was uh, it was pretty muggy out in Ottawa. Um, there's a lot of snaps on the football field. There's a lot of disappointment. Um, it's a short week, so in terms of your 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 physicality, whether you're practicing or not, you're still going to get your your lifts in and hopefully some conditioning. You're going to still get your film work in, and uh, you know, just a couple practices or or one before the walkthrough. You don't really. This is a team you've already played as well this year. So um, it's, uh, I don't think it's anything to worry about having a short week. If anything, they're, they're happy they have a short week because they can try and do something about, uh, about the calamity that was last week. And last year we saw the team have maybe it's worst performances uh, heading into bye weeks. At least they lost going into bye weeks. There was the Alouettes game where they lose yeah. in overtime. They would have won it if Mark Leggio didn't didn't shank a kick. Uh, they yeah. had that game against Hamilton where they lost 48-31, to 31, and then they lost to the Lions when Drew Brown threw two pick sixes, but the, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers weren't really playing for much in that game. Is there any kind of difference 
that you noticed playing a, a game going into a bye week? And obviously you played on a time when there were, there were not three bye weeks during the season. Yeah. I mean, with this team, looking at how they perform before uh, previous bye weeks, and what's there, if anything's different about this year, I would say what's different about this, this week going into the bye week is the fact that they were up by 16 points with less than three minutes remaining in the fourth quarter and they let it get away from them. So that I think, um, you know, if anybody's thinking about bye week after what happened on Saturday, you know, they're not on the right football team. This, uh, this team is a very proud team. They're a very accomplished team. Um, they've uh, done close to historic things for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So um, my, my feeling, my suspicion is that, you know, everybody's all in about righting a wrong right now. And uh, the bye week is something that happens after they uh, get that bad taste out of their mouth on uh, tomorrow night. So you don't think they're looking past Edmonton at all? No, not just because of what happened on Saturday. Right. Without, without question. You know, uh, I mean, Ottawa, how can you look past Edmonton when Ottawa had, what, one more win than them, you know, going into last week, right? And, uh, you know, had a quarterback making his first ever start. So, uh, things uh, got away from them, and I'm sure they're going to be uh, very much dialed in and anxious to uh, get back in the good books, especially with time. I mean, I can't even imagine a bye week uh, not having a win, not having a win against uh, an 0-6 uh, Edmonton Elk team. That would be excruciating and, uh, you know, seem a lot longer than it really was especially on your home field as well. So oh, yeah. we look forward to seeing that tomorrow night. Uh, Doug Brown, we'll see you at the game. Appreciate this as right, always. Buddy. Thanks for having me on. That is Doug Brown, voice of, well, part of the booth. I was going to say the voice of the Bombers. That's Derek Taylor. But uh, Doug Brown, you hear his voice on every broadcast as well, performing color commentary, part of a pre- and post-game show as well. And he comes on my show every few weeks to help talk about the team. Appreciate his insight. As a former player, I was like asking him questions about what it was like when he was a player. Here to help preview the action is Amy Anderson. She's the head coach of the Winnipeg Westman women's soccer team. And we chatted earlier today. I started by asking her how excited she is for the tournament to begin. We're really excited. We wait for this every few years and uh, it's, it's super exciting that it's finally starting. What do you think the, the moment is right now for women's soccer, given where women's sports are right now? I think it's uh, getting a lot of media attention, which is good, right? Like, I think uh, I think teams are pushing it, pushing the boundaries and demanding more, which is a good thing. Um, and so I think having this World Cup, the timing is good. Because I know that whenever we have the World Cup or women's hockey, these are the two main ones, I think, in our country at least, our, our teams always do so well and then we're like, we want to cheer for them all the time. And then we realize, wait, this is this is kind of it. There's nowhere else to cheer for them. There's, there is the NWSL. But uh, in terms of, you know, the momentum of creating more than just every, you know, the Olympics and the World Cup and that's it. How close do you think we are to getting something beyond that? Uh, I think it's really important. Hopefully, if Canada do well, and they, they should get out of their group, there's a push uh, for a league to start up in Canada. And I know... Um, that would be really key for the succession of, of the national team and the enthusiasm of, of, of fans to watch and for players to see there's another level to go to and, and aspire to, like like the men's programs. Right. And do you think that all the off-field kind of noise about Canada soccer and funding and 
do you think that distracts at all, or do you think that's going to make it tougher for the women to succeed? I, I think it's distracting for sure, um, but I think Bev has done well to have her team focused on on what I mean. They're at the World Cup now, so uh, you'd like to think that that's that's on the side, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so I'd like to think that hopefully they they, uh, they can still succeed with that. Obviously, I, I do really think it's been a distracting time for the national team. So tomorrow night they get things going against Nigeria. It is a, it's a late start. It's after. Uh, nine o'clock our time. Do you do you like the obviously the time zone is going to be interesting, but you know you you get you, right before bed you get to watch soccer. What do you think of that? Exciting. It's good. I mean, um, not so much the next day when we have early sessions, <laughs> but uh, that's okay. <laughs> Hopefully, everyone's still watching the games on with with our program at the University of Winnipeg. Um, I think it's it's just great to have women's soccer this level live, right? Watching it. So we start against Nigeria. That's one we should win, right? Yes, for sure. Um, although I wouldn't take any team lightly. Uh, Nigeria do have uh, that's the up and coming striker who, who plays her, her time in Spain, who's who's pretty good. Um, and anything can happen, right? And the Canadians would know this going into it. But I think uh, you know they are. I think Nigeria they fortieth or something, and Canada are seventh. If you look at rankings, if if, if rankings count, they should be okay. Right. And uh, Canada right now in that top 10. Do you feel like, before we get to their other two matchups in group stage, do you feel like they're getting overlooked? They're the reigning Olympic champs, but I feel like in all the previews I've read, Canada's nowhere to be seen as potential champs. Yes, correct. Because I think they've underachieved in the previous World Cups. That's that's why. And they might use this to the benefit because I think they are being overlooked a bit. Um, some of the European teams are, are making a bit more media. And so being seventh, um, it's it's looking like they'll get out of their group, but then what's next is is up in the air. Of course, the Americans are, are number one, and they're always going to be favorites in the any tournament they play in. Uh, Canada's second match is against Ireland. This one, 7 a.m. next Wednesday on July 26th. That's another one that uh, Canada you think would win uh, Ireland ranked 22nd but you can't always go off the FIFA rankings right if we've watched any number of world cups we know that upsets happen all the time absolutely you can't because anything can happen on the day for sure I mean Ireland have always played with a lot of grit and passion and they're thrilled to be there I don't think they've qualified for a long long time so um they you know I think it's it's anyone's game on on the actual day. And then the big one, the final group stage match against the home team, the Australians, 5 a.m. our time, Monday, July 31st. That might be a, a PVR special for me. I might not be able to get up that early. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they play in like a true road game, right? Yeah, it is a true, uh, true road game for sure, um, which will be a challenge. And uh, Australia have one of the best strikers in the world right now with Sam Kerr who's been on form with Chelsea and had an unbelievable season. So um, they need to contain her. Do you think that Canada's, you know, they're higher ranked than Australia, barely, but is Canada the favorite in this group or do you, do you make Australia and Canada kind of co-favorites? I'm going to say, I think Canada are going to be the, the favorite with this group. Um, you never know, but I, I, I think it'll be close, but I'm, I'm uh, I, I'd like, to, I'd like to think Canada can beat Australia. Are you going to be watching as many matches as you can for all the countries or just focusing on Canada? 
Oh, no. I mean, I, I'm uh, definitely focusing on other European countries. I was uh, born in England and my parents are English, so I have another side as well. So I'm a bit of an English supporter. Um, so I'm a bit, I'm half and half. Have some, and my grandmother uh, is Irish too, so mm. I'm a bit all over. <laughs> so that game, the match against <laughs> Ireland, then you're going to you know, be happy either way or are you going to be rooting against your grandma here? No, I mean my late ground. I I would I'd I'd be happy for each team. Put it that way. I think Canada for sure will outclass Ireland, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be crying if Ireland won. Okay. Put it that way. Yeah, England. Yeah. England's in Group D with China, Denmark, and Haiti. I, it seems like yes. they'd be the, the clear cut favorite there. Absolutely. Uh, England, though, unfortunately, I know they've had a few major injuries um, with their captain and Mead gone. Uh, they also have been unlucky in the last three friendlies not to score. So I think they they will need to get better as they get going and after the group stages. But they will be a strong favorite for sure. Uh, and as far as the Americans are concerned, because they are obviously the number one team in the world, they got kind of got a tough group with Netherlands, Portugal. Now Vietnam's not going to be a, a challenge. The Portuguese team not as strong as on the men's side, but still, I mean, those are two, you know, Netherlands and Portugal, two very heavy soccer countries. Absolutely. I mean, as you know, the Americans are, they are number one right now and they, they are looking pretty strong. They're very, they're young. Um, so we'll see on that. I think it, I think in the final, it might be the U S challenging with, a, with a European country too. So if you were to pick a European country or two, uh, if it's not Canada, of course, who do you think would be, uh, the, the teams to challenge the U S for this title? I think, you know, I've heard a lot of talk about Spain. Spain could be. Um, it could be England, too. Uh, Germany are always, they're, they're strong up in there, too. Sweden are also strong. So I haven't really given it an answer. So I'm leaving it open. Because I do think even, I think Canada, it could be anyone's day, right? They could, they're not like too far behind. Right. And the U.S. And they are being they are being overlooked for sure. Yeah. The U.S. have won the last two in my in my mind. I thought, oh, U.S. win every year. That's not true. They've won the last two. They won the first and the third as well. But Germany's got a couple. Japan beat the U.S. in 2011 and Norway won back in 95. So there are other countries that have won this, even if it feels like the Americans have dominated this event. But uh, for you watching Christine Sinclair for all these years, and this is this is going to be your last World Cup. Uh, what has she meant to, to soccer in our country? Oh gosh. I mean, it's like the stability, um, and her presence, uh, her class, how, what she brings off the field, uh, as far as representing Canadian soccer. Um, I don't think kids understand how lucky we are to have someone like this representing our country. Um, and she battles. I think it was really smart to have her in the lineup and, uh, she just has so much, so much experience. It would be lovely to see her end off on a high. She did get her Olympic gold medal in, in 2021, which was just incredible. But yeah, she, I mean, she's 40 and she's still doing it. It's incredible. Yeah, I think if I think they'll play her smartly. She's a playmaker. Um, and like I said, it's her presence for sure. Um, she, it's it's no doubt she won't get full 90 minutes. Um, but just having her around, having her experience was a, a smart move. Now, not having Janine Becky uh, and Desiree Scott due to injury, how much does that hurt Canada? Well, I, I think I was just thinking. I think Becky's a big loss because she's she was scoring a lot of the goals for Canada. Um, so that's 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 a shame. Um, and then, of course, Desiree uh, 
great person, uh, represents our province really well. I think that's a shame too because of her experience and what she offers that grit in the middle uh, in front of the defenders um, is a really specialized position. So it'll be interesting. I think Canada might have changed tactics a bit uh, to accommodate not having a player like Desi in there. And if there's a, a name of someone that Canada's about to learn a lot more of, who do you think's due for a breakout here? Uh, I was looking, I think it might be the the young, young Simi. Um, I I think she's, she's, is she 18? She just turned 18? Um, I think she was the, she must have gotten the youngest player of the year. I hope I'm pronouncing her, her name right. Um, but it would be Simi. If Canada were to win this, would you be stunned? No. I, I don't know if I'm surprised with... Because uh, I, I I go into it sort of optimistically, right? Like, um, I think Canada has nothing to lose because the expectations aren't on them right now. Um, that The challenge, though, is that Canada hasn't had a great lead-up to these games. There has been a lot of distraction. Um, I'm not sure in terms of results. Like, they just haven't had... They haven't had a lot of games. So, it for them... It, I think if they get better as they go on with with each of the games, there needs to be momentum. Losing Beck is a big thing, right? Losing that that winger for sure. Um, but there'll be other players that step up. Now, whether they can match up the physicality of the other teams, um, especially when you're a young kid coming in and you're 18, um, we'll see. But that's that's what makes it exciting. And finally, just from the Westman point of view, how are things going in terms of gearing up for this fall season? Uh, We're good. We're working hard in the early mornings. Um, We start quickly this year, Um, but I'm excited. I think the girls are excited too, and to their credit, we've been uh, so far working hard, and we'll see what happens. All right, Amy, appreciate your time. Thanks for this, and enjoy all the soccer coming up. Thanks so much. That is Westman women's soccer coach, Amy Anderson. The first interview I've done from my home in quite some time. Recorded that earlier today. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell. Until we meet again. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. We try to warn you of the day. You may not share our intellect, which might explain your disrespect.